0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Julian Eung together with Joyce Go. Earlier today, we talked about views on the succession plan of the Prime Minister, which was discussed at an academic forum yesterday. We'll be delving into some of those views with Bridget Welsh, a professor of political science at John Cabot University in Rome, who joins us on the line right now. Bridget, thanks for joining us this morning. The Malaysian Insight quoted you in their lead story this morning, citing your views that the transition is not being handled well. Can you give us some thoughts on why you say this?
1: Well, I think there are three things that are going on. Uh, The first thing that's going on is that there is a sense of um, that uh, their perceptions of the trust between Tun-Em and Anwar is um, has, has has not being very strong. So there's constant reassurances that, they, that the deal is still on and others. And this has been uh, creating, uh, fueling rumors um, and, and also at the same time undermining um, uh, uh, trust more generally in the, in the government. It's actually affecting them both. The second issue is that there has been people around them have been uh, basically attacking each other, and so the, and so we see this as a sort of competitive process. Uh, and more fundamentally, the timing of the of the secession, um, uh, the sense of the, that it's a, a zero sum game, one group versus another, um, has actually been somewhat destabilizing for the whole process and for the whole country.
0: Well, Bridget, both uh, Dr. Sri Anwar and Tu Mahathir have repeatedly stated that they trust in the succession plan forged between them. Um, So where is this power struggle coming from? Is it just noise from the ground of the two separate camps? Or do you think there is more to it?
1: I think um, first of all, it's definitely there's a lot of noise and there's attacks on individuals, books circulating, uh, uh, rumors uh, about uh, undermining different individuals. Uh, but at the same juncture, uh, we also see the fact that, uh, you know, there, given the, the history of what's happened in the 90s, much of those things seem to be repeating in the current era in terms of the way people are framing the issues and, and way individuals are acting. And so from a perspective of the, the business community uh, and from the perspective of people looking outside Malaysia, one of the implications of this is that uh, a lot of the the economy is on hold because people are not, don't want to don't want to invest currently right now until they because they don't know when the secession is coming next and 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 who will be the prime ministers in the next government uh, and so there has been this sort of pause and I think this is where planning is setting the timing setting who the actors are creating uh, um, a sense of continuity uh, that actually reinfor- reinforces confidence for the business community and for Malaysians, So exactly when is it going to happen? Uh, what is how the process is going to move forward? Um, who are the different actors going to be involved? Uh, right now, the perception is that it's zero-sum game and it's, and it's not sure when. Uh, and there's a lot of different sense of timing. Some people say it will happen this year. Some people say it will happen next year. Uh, the, the deal uh, that was, seems to have been struck was for next year. But, but why are there the perceptions that these things may happen this year? And these are things that are sending conflicting sense signals to the market and also, conflicting signals to the public, uh, and it, there is a sense that there is a competition as opposed to building each other up and focusing on the needs of Malaysia.
0: Uh, Bridget, there is also a lot of uh, proxy fights that are going on uh, because the leaders, uh, the respective leaders are so cagey. I'm just wondering whether uh, a way, one way to fix this is to look at the electoral uh, systems of the respective parties to basically uh, send a very clear idea about uh, the ultimate leader uh, at the end of the day and uh, to, to surface uh, talented leaders instead of having some of these uh, proxy fights going on.
1: Well, I think the, the P.K.R. elections that took place last year uh, basically started to fuel some of the open competition and the, and the division. And that div- divisiveness still plays out um, in the contemporary context. But it's not just with P.K.R. It's with all the different parties in Pakistan. And it is still a coalition that has big differences within it. It's not just about personality. the differences about policy, the different ways I think about the economy. And, and, and this, in a sense, it, it, this is what we see mixed signals. Now, the addressing it is not necessarily the electoral system. System. I think what is important is that the, the leadership as a whole set down and make it very clear how the process is going to move forward. It's, it's not just enough to just give reassurances that it's going to happen, because this, in a sense, only fuels that the competition within the system but more about working in a more cooperative way and, and laying things out in a more systematic way that will create sense of confidence for, uh, more generally. The electoral system is, is, is in some ways also will fuel the competition because there's a lot of unknowns. And electoral reform also has, it, it's something that's going to affect the different parties and political fortunes. And there's still is high level of competition within the coalition and within the government as a whole. So that's something that I think will, um, may not, it's important to do, but, it, but I think in terms of, affecting the secession it may have a uh, it may feed some of the, the the trends that we've seen in the
0: last few months Yeah, and and also one gets the feeling that uh, you know the era of iconization of our leaders has, has still not ended uh, we really treat our leaders uh, in in kind of some kind of awe uh, and this succession uh, is very, has a very, very patriarchal feel in it. Uh, do you think that Malaysia should move away uh, from this kind of politics where the leaders have already dis- been decided way beforehand?
1: Well, I think the reality is that Malaysia still is a very feudal and very hierarchical system. And, the, and it is being reinforced by the fact that the system still depends heavily on political patronage, in which, of course, the, the powers of individual leaders to be able to distribute revenue and distribute contracts and others is still very powerful. And so to move away from a, something that's been in the system is, 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 it will take time. The, but, we've, but we've seen another important trend, which is that, uh, you know, given the fact that Malaysia is the most social media per capita connected in the world, we also see... Extensive criticism of the leaders across the political spectrum, and so we see these. We uh, this this criticism also makes it more difficult for the uh, for because it undermines this. And this trend, by the way, of bringing uh, taking down leaders and criticizing leaders has been going on for a long time. Some of it's healthy, and some of it's not healthy. And I think that the, the focus ha- tends to be highly personalized and individual and gossiping and behavior, as opposed to on the policy choices that people are taking and the focus on how people are. Solving Or not solving problems, so in a sense there is there are changes, uh, but 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 the system, especially in the political economy, is not shifted enough, uh, and that this is this reinforces a lot of the feudalism uh, that exists within the system as a whole.
0: Bridget, you said that the timing of transition is still unknown, but you do you think it's going to be an easy and peaceful transition? Is that possible?
1: Yes, and I said that yesterday. I think that I think that uh, Malaysians will have a peace, Malaysia will have a peaceful transition. Uh, it, 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 this is a process that you know. There are three different scenarios that I laid out. One is determined by health. One is determined by elitist theater, which is basically uh, working and collaborating with different groups within the different numbers uh, within the parliament. And the third is something that is planned and and laid out by the leaders themselves and i think uh, i think it's most likely that we're going to see uh, of these three different trajectories one never knows uh, how how which one is uh, what can happen but but it, that the, the reality is all of these are a peaceful process Uh, The question really is not just that it be peaceful, but more that it instill confidence and that there's a clear sense where the country is moving forward and in in a direction where what will happen uh, um, in terms of the the policy, economic policy, uh, what, what are the sort of trajectories forward. And these are things that can be addressed now. Uh, it's not just about timing; it's about the direction uh, and of policies, particularly in the economy, which are which are facing a very un, uncertain, unstable global conditions. Uh, uh, they, how that they will move forward.
0: Uh, Bridget, we have uh, time for one more question, and let's focus on the Cameron Highlands by-election, which is upcoming. Uh, Now, uh, leaders from both sides are saying that uh, a Barissa national win will be a kind of a foregone conclusion here. Uh, I'm just interested in the kind of spin that will come out uh, from both sides. What are your uh, expectations?
1: Well, I think it is a tough fight in Cameron Highlands. Uh, I think uh, what we saw in the 2018 election is we saw two very important vote swings. We saw a 12, 12% vote swing among the Malay community against, against uh, the BN, and we saw almost a half of the Indian community in Cameron Highlands also move from 2013 to 2018 uh, away from the BN. Uh, I think the focus politically is on issues of the Asli uh, and, and on among... Uh, among <clears throat> particularly about trying to swing uh, support within the Malay community. I think we're going to see a very racialized campaign, um, and I think what will be important to see whether or not Pakatan Harapan maintains its pattern of support and also continues to win over support in in the Malay Malay community. I think this is going to be tough. Um, uh, we've seen so far that already vote-buying vote allegations uh, and uh, I think this type of campaign which focuses on a typical BN traditional campaign of the past is not necessarily what a lot of voters want for the current contemporary situation. I think at the same time one has to be careful not to over-interpret just the by-election results what they are. Um, but. My concerns is, is the use of old campaigning and the predominance of racialized politics. And those things, I think, are, speak to a broader concerns for what's happening and how the electoral system is moving forward. Uh, but I do think it's a tough fight, um, and, uh, and I think the answer is not providing uh, using state resources and your advantages of being in government, but more rather focusing on what are you going to do in government and the policies that are going to help people in Cameron and the country as a whole.
0: Thank you so much. And that was Bridget Welsh, Professor of Political Science at John Cabot University. Coming up next, we'll talk about uh, the main business headlines, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great
1: interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.